find this place? Well, I guess the beginning would be um, Brendan and I, my my fiance and I, um, were taking a hike, and we're like, you know, at the time we were living in super tiny little one bedroom um, place up in Upper Ojai, and. I had my workspace that was getting to be too small and he didn't have an office of any kind to do what he was needing to do with work. Um, and we're just like brainstorming and kind of heartstorming. Like what, what is the next step for us? Like we, we need a bigger place. I need to have like a, a studio where I can be, cause in my creative process with making products, I'm like, I just need to be able to do it when I have the idea. Like, I don't like to be like, okay, tomorrow at 9 a.m. when I go into my 9 to 5 job, like, I'll, I'll get to formulating that. So, um, for me, I was like, I would love to have a studio at my house where I could just have an idea and come out and just tinker at 2 a.m. if that's when the mood strikes. Um, so, you know, the things on the list were uh, studio where I could do my work, um, a workspace for Brendan, um, to do his music and photography and, um, just a, just a little bit more space and, um, our own sort of sense of space. And, uh, so I think it was literally the next day or maybe two days later, I was sitting at, um, Farmer and the Cook, which is right across the street. And, um, it's like a little cafe in Ohio. And I'm just noticing that there's this beautiful house on the corner. And I'd, I'd been there a million times and never really noticed this house that was on the corner. Um, and, you know, workers working on the fence and like putting it together, it looked brand new. And I was like, how have I never noticed this before? It was one of those moments too, it was funny cause I, I started to drive away and then it was one of those like, no, 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 turn around. And so I like looped the block, came back over and I just, I left a note with the landlord that was, I mean, I didn't even know if it was available at all. There was no for rent or for sale sign oh, or anything. Oh, there wasn't. No. So I was just like, I don't know what's going on here, but like, yeah. Um, so I, the, one of the workers was outside, but he barely spoke any English and couldn't really give me too much information about it. So I just left my number inside and, um, the guy called me the next day and I think it was like a week later that we signed a lease and um, we're moving our stuff in. So it was like quantum, you know, Yeah. when those things come through. I think sometimes I've noticed <clears throat> with Brendan and I, when we both have a, the same idea of what we want, because we're, you know, we're in a partnership together, when we really like talk about it and suss it out, it's like really pretty wild how quickly sometimes it can come through. Mm. Um, but also, I mean, I think there's just an element of luck there. But <laughs> Wow. So how long were you guys visualizing and talking for? Well, I think for both of us, it's, it was something that we've sort of been floating around in our minds, but the, I think the key was that we had really spoken it out loud and got so specific about what we were wanting uh-huh. as if like, not just like, wouldn't it be cool if we found the right spot? But it's like, well, what is the right spot? Is it, you know, and for me, it, like all the things I mentioned, it's like, it's, it would be so great if it was this and this and, and this. And like, um, you know, one of the things that for me I needed was I've always needed a space for people to be able to come purchase products from me. You know, I make these products and I had a space in town at the time um, where I was taking clients, but there wasn't really like a retail space so Mm -hmm. people I'd be in with a client um giving a facial and people would be knocking on the door and I'd be like sorry like I can't come I can't 
do this right now, but like, you know, so I was like, it would be great if I could have a space where eventually, and you know, this is a a pre-COVID world that I was designing this, (laughs) um, I could have people just coming through whenever and picking up products or in in certain windows or whatever. Uh Um, so yeah, so, uh, that was something that I, I was really looking for, but I think it's really important to like get specific about what you really want in life and like what you're really calling in um the more open-ended you leave it like I feel like it's like the universe doesn't know what to do with that they're like I've just noticed it in my life and you know it doesn't always not saying that every wish I've ever had has been fulfilled but I feel like when I really get clear about things and move in the direction of doing that thing as if it's gonna happen like that's that's when things really start to happen rather quickly and what is your ritual for that do you sit do you have an altar do you write it down this year I've been getting much more intentional about it like I actually had a session with have you ever listened to the podcast against everyone with Connor Habib no oh it's such a great podcast but he he's someone I've been listening to for like you know a couple years now and just admire his thinking a lot in his um his mind but he was offering some one-on-one coaching mm-hmm. this year so I did that and that I've always been someone who doesn't really write things down very mm-hmm. much like I'm I know it's helpful to do that but I just for whatever reason like it's it's very rare that I do that so um for me I think I don't know I mean, I've been very lucky in what I've been able to build and call in, but I, it's, it's definitely taken me a long time. I mean, I've been doing what I do for 12 years and, you know, I'm at the point where I can make a living from it, but it's not like I have a multi-million dollar business at this point. And so, you know, part of me wonders if I had been more intentional about, about growing in a certain direction, would that have been different? But I think it's nice to sort of grow organically too and just like let the flow lead you so there it's I don't know do you do you find that you have a preference are you really intentional about what you're creating in your life or do you just allow it to flow both yeah I have I build a frame around what I want and what I want it to look like and I'm like you I'm very clear Mm -hmm. to the minute detail but then I leave space because I'm never going to make it as great as what the universe is going to offer me because yeah. every single time I'm blown away about what is presented, even right. when I'm at the very edge of feeling, oh my God, I'm not going to make it. What's going to happen? Da-da-da. When the right. quarantine first started, you know, sure. and then something came in and I was fine. Right. So trusting right. those moments in, yeah. in times like that. But I always write things down when I manifest and yeah. when I visualize. That's why I asked yeah. you. Yeah. So I think that time... I'm wondering if we did. I, you know, speaking it out is helpful. I think now that I'm, I'm reflecting on it, I, I tend to speak things out loud more than I um, write them down. Yeah. Although I'm making a practice of writing them down because sometimes when you're alone, unless you're like really into spell casting, which is a total thing that is helpful, like actually saying things out loud when you're by yourself and claiming them for yourself or claim claiming something, mm-hmm. writing them down is really helpful so you actually can revisit it and be like yeah this is still what I want and this is still like what I'm aligning my actions to because otherwise the flow can kind of take you in certain directions that maybe aren't 
what you're wanting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did your parents teach you this type of language? No. Oh, where did you learn it? Because you grew up in Ohio, right? I did. Um, That's a good question. Where did I learn about this? You know, I have an aunt who's who's on more of a spiritual path. I don't know. There's been flavors of it here and there. Like um, my dad went went to um, USM and did some training there. And my mom's a super pragmatic lady. Mm -hmm. Like she she's the skeptic in Mm -hmm. me, and that's just very much like all right. But, you know, just like a little bit more um, straightforward about about things, which I think is a good balance to have. But I think more just from like books and podcasts and, and things like that, I um, really got into Paul Selig a couple years ago, who's a, a channel and um, really wonderful guide, channels books and um, and audio recordings. And yeah, I'm really trying to trace it back to the first... Was it just your curiosity or did something happen to you in your life that made you want to search for an alternative way? Well, I think my more like energetic curiosity, curiosity around energetics and things like that um, started when I was uh, probably 18 or so. So I was in a relationship um, in high school that was like my high school sweetheart Mm -hmm. and um he this person had a brother who right when we were about to like fly the coop and start our adult lives um was in a horrific car accident like he was actually hit by a car Mm -hmm. um he was walking and um was run over and was like almost dead he um he was in a coma for like six months broke you know, his lung exploded, his bladder, so he had broken legs, all, all the things like he, we were really not sure whether he was going to survive that. And so we, we sort of started our adult lives, um, moved to New York city and then ended up coming home to, um, just be closer to, to his family at the time. Oh, and, so that's why you're only in New York for eight months. Right. Right. Oh. I mean, that's a, that's a part of it. Um, you know, I think whether or not myself at this point in my life would be like, that was the right choice for you to make. <laughs> I, I don't know, but you know, for, I don't question the, the path really yeah, yeah. in retrospect, right. it's like no regrets, but we, yeah. So we came back and I, um, at that point, you know, his mom and I were pretty close and she was, she was just going through it, but you know, her child was a vegetable essentially. And we were trying to help him get some sort of traction to get his life force back. And, um, and I, I, at that point was really just trying to take care of her. I was like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm watching this woman like hold so much space, um, for her family and this person who is injured. And then she's not really taking any time or care for herself mm-hmm. and just pushing through it. Um, and I was like, I don't know, what do you do in a situation like this? She just, I was like, maybe we should just like go to a yoga class. I had never been to a yoga class in my life. And so we went to a yoga class oh. in, um, in Ventura at this place called Yoga Jones. And we took a Taoist yoga class. The woman who we took the class with is still my teacher to this day. And wow. that was 13 years ago or so. But it completely changed my life. And 
took me down this path of ener- understanding energy um, and life force in a different way. And um, it's a it's a, a Chinese, it's from the traditional Chinese medicine practice, Tibetan practice. So it's um, a little bit different than Indian yoga, but it, it involves the five elements, right? So yeah, that, that was a huge moment in my life um, and kind of like pivot point that uh, took me down a completely different path than I had been on at the time. Yeah. What did you feel in your body that made you know? I think I just felt relief, um, honestly. Like I was, it, I'm sure you've had this experience as someone who does a lot, a lot of yoga, but it's like when you haven't attended to yourself and then you do, what that feels like is pretty profound. Yeah. <laughs> Freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Spaciousness, all of it. Yeah. Everything. What, how did you come to your is that something that's always been a part of your life? No, I have always been interested in the body. Mm. I used to do these Barnes and Noble yoga cards when uh. I was 13. That was my first exposure, just kind of fiddling around in my bedroom with yeah. these cards. Yeah. And then I turned, I think I was 20, 20 or 19. I was in Thailand on Copenhagen and, uh, or Copenhagen and, um, I took my first official yoga class there uh-huh. and I had an out of body experience wow. at the end in Shavasana where my mind was somewhere else. My body was here, but consciousness was elsewhere. Mm. And so that piqued my curiosity of what the fuck was that? Yeah. I had no idea. So when Ooh. I came back to the States, that's when it began. Yeah. Yeah, I wow. did um, work study at a yoga studio because okay. I didn't have enough money. Yoga was so expensive at yeah. the time. It still is, I think. Yeah. Not everyone can afford it, you know? Right. That's um, unfortunate. But it was all given to me. Wow. I did work study. I did a bunch of teacher trainings. Most of them were free because I believe when you're on the spiritual path and the teacher sees that you're devoted and serious, they will give you whatever you are seeking. Because they want you to know the moon too. Yeah. You know? So it's beautiful. Always, always give back. That's a big part of the spiritual path. Yeah. Something you got to carry forward too. Yeah. And pay forward, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, I I especially feel obliged just because so much was given to me. Yeah. Well, it seems like that's what you're doing in this podcast even is giving people a platform to share and discover and, and be able to, you know, make the connections they need to make and... Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, that's what it's about. Yeah. Yeah, especially because in society and culture today, I see such an an influx of toxicity. Mm -hmm. And especially last year when the George Floyd BLM movement occurred. Yeah. uh, It really was a push back into be the change you want to see in the world because it's not, no one's going to do it for you. Right. And if you want to see it, you have to do it yourself. So. That's where higher states came from. That's the seed. Wow, cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so awesome. What range of people have you had on the podcast? I mean, I've uh, I've listened to a few episodes and I think you're number thirteen. No, okay. you're number fourteen. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and you've been doing this a month and uh-huh. you've had four damn, you're getting busy. <laughs> so I've had yoga teachers, I've had uh photographers, who else? 
meditation instructor. I'm doing someone who works at NASA, a NASA engineer, another photographer, an actress, a musician, a rapper, all over the place Yeah. in terms of field there's, or industry. There's all kinds of... Uh all kinds of pathways to, to take. Yeah. Yeah, being conscious and doing your art or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And then how did this start, Earth Tonics? 12 years ago, Oh, man, say? yeah. So, um, so I had moved home from New York. Okay. Um, I was, like, working as an actor and waiting tables, which often go hand in hand. And I was like, oh, my God, I... Well, first of all, coming home from New York was a shock because I didn't realize, like how kind of how much static there was in my system like I got home and I was like it is so quiet here I can't even like it was shocking to me like I was I was suddenly so uh had such a strong impulse to just connect with nature and just like literally paint myself in it um you know when I lived in New York I would go to Central Park and just like hug trees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ojai is like such a special place for me and um, really is really is home um, for me. So I came home and um, yeah, was really craving that uh, connection with, with earth. And um, I've always had a, a love of skincare and, and, and self-care and, um, and just that kind of merging of something that feels really luxurious, but something that feels really like straight from the earth. I was always making like little potions and stuff Mm. when I was a kid. I I also really genuinely wanted to, uh, feel like I had more autonomy in my, the way I made money. Mm -hmm. Um, that was a part of it. And then I also, um, have been learning from my health, put it that way, learning from my skin since I was a teenager and my skin's always been, very communicative with me as far as what I'm doing right or wrong for better lack of a better term um in my life I really struggled with my skin when I was in high school I um I had pretty bad acne and um I really tried lots of different things and um my mindset was to just wage war on my skin and figure out you know what was going on and use peels and use all the things you know that were that people would tell whatever people would suggest. And, um, and when I came home and I was diving into, um, just being more connected with, with the earth, I, um, went down this path of Chinese medicine through the Taoist practice. And I got super obsessed with herbalism and, and, um, learning about plants and, and the, their healing ability. Um, so I started making products for myself and my skin changed like miraculously, like pretty drastically with what I was making. And it was very simple at the time. It started really simply. Um, like what was it? Just like cleansing with olive oil, using uh, honey, you know, using just yogurt, you know, these, these really simple things that people probably have in their kitchen right now. Uh-huh. And also just shifting my, the way that I was interacting with myself and I believe that that's a huge part of having healthy skin is how you touch yourself you know as I said it it was before a really like aggressive approach Uh. and feeling that my skin was the enemy as if it was like a separate part of myself that was just doing its own thing that I didn't approve of but it's like your skin is 
first of all, a living, breathing part of you that is an organ that's trying to, you know, tell you that you're eating too much sugar <laughs> or that you're, you know, not drinking enough water and all these, all these different things. And if you can learn to uh, listen to the messages that it's providing to you, it can actually be a really incredible guide for uh, finding better health, but physically, emotionally, spiritually, like I, I really have seen that in my clients. Um, but anyway, so I, I started making products for myself and I was like, oh my God, I think I'm onto something here. Like, this is really fun. And this is really like, I think anytime you get that feeling of excitement, that's something to really pay attention to and follow. And then I would start making things for friends and family and um, they'd ask me for more. And I was like, okay, I think I might actually like have something to work with here. So I started so small. I had, I, I started selling my products at the farmer's market. That's how I kind of got started and I think I had like three products that I made like five of each or something like that I you know I showed up with like 20 things to sell and um yeah and and sold sold those things and just used recycled that money to buy more of the ingredients that I needed and and I literally built my business from that place a few years into it I became licensed as an esthetician so I could learn more about how skin worked and, and the functions. And during that time I was going to esthetician school and learning, you know, those basics, but also doing a lot of my own study about herbalism and Ayurveda and Chinese medicine and really fusing all that stuff together. I love Ayurveda. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so, it's so helpful. Mm-hmm. It's just natural. You mm-hmm. know, it makes so much sense when you learn those really basic principles of the doshas and the elements and things like that. It's just like, oh, well, of course, this is like the natural, natural way, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so my, my skincare practice really took off and um, I started doing more holistically minded facials and, and things like that. So rather than again, waging war on the skin and a lot of, I think the best way I can describe it is a lot of like commercial ways of, of working with the skin create a wound, a wound response. So like for instance, an acid burns the skin and your skin is actually like responding to a wound and that's why it might produce collagen in the short term, right? But um, with what we do, we're really interested in providing the skin with as many nutrients as possible and as many anti-inflammatories as possible to calm down any kind of irritation, inflammation, and just uh, get the skin to a place where it's doing its natural process on its own. And yeah, and a team sort of developed around that and we had our beautiful space for five or six years in downtown Ojai. And then um, that we've sort of been shape-shifting since the pandemic, since we weren't able to work for eight months or so. But um, yeah, I've, I've really been relishing the ability to dive back into product making and formulation and just kind of having a, a pause on the, the um, busyness of that aspect of the business to really focus on how I can reach more people and how I can... Um, grow my formulations and so you have myths and what else yeah so we we focus a lot on facial skincare I have mists I have um, moisturizers um, serums scrubs masks oh, you um, have everything we we do a lot of stuff oils um, we do a, 
a breast oil and a body oil. And I really think that it's uh, one of the best self-care habits that you can have is just taking good care of your skin. And it's a nice commitment to make to yourself. Do you use skincare? Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. Korean. Okay. So <laughs> we are obsessed with skin. So you know a thing or two. It's in my culture. Yeah. 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 Uh, I love taking care of my skin. It is a luxury yeah. to be able to use all organic, fresh, beautiful products Absolutely. because it feels like nourishment. Yeah. It feels like food yeah. when yeah. I put it on my face. Totally. Yeah. Totally. When I use, I don't want to say cheaper products, but uh, more synthetic mm-hmm. products, mm-hmm. I can tell. Yeah. Yeah. My face looks different. Totally. Because I don't wear foundation. I don't yeah, use you have powder. skin. I just use serum and uh, overnight cream yeah. during the day. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I love, I love organic, beautiful skincare lines. Well, I'm going to send you away with a few things. Yay! So. <laughs> you can let me know what you think. Yay! I'll get the uh, stamp of approval. The great packaging, too. Thank you. We just sort of uh, re... I guess it's been a couple years now, but um, yeah, we, we got a new design going on. My friend Rachel is an amazing artist, graphic designer, and she just did such a stellar job. Mm-hmm. I, I brought her like the most random abstract, like mood board yeah, pictures. Yeah. And she was, she just came up with like the perfect thing. I was, yeah. I had like, I think I had brought her like these, um, photos of, uh, it was a macro, is that the right word? Macro, like a really close up shot uh-huh. of, um, like cross sections of plant cells, uh-huh. like under the microscope, yeah. which are, I don't know if you've ever seen what that looks like. I have. They're so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. They're the sacred like, geometry. Totally. And just like the colors and the, so that's, that was sort of the inspiration, but I was like, but make it cosmic. And like, <laughs> she was like, okay. And she freaking nailed it. And I was like, all right, you are next level. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. yeah. I started collaborating with a friend of mine who also lives in Colorado to make a theme, 30 second theme song mm-hmm. for before the podcast. And oh, I, cool. I said, I want it to sound like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, <laughs> pure imagination, but also the Fifth Symphony, but also. <laughs> and did she do it? He did it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I thank goodness for people who, who are uh, who get it, who get it, who yeah. just nail it. They're just like, you know what? I I feel you. Mm-hmm. I can I can make this happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Are you seeing clients now? Now that you know, the lift has kind of it's softened? an interest. That's a great question. We have actually chosen not to uh-huh. um, for a couple more months. Um, yeah, we we can right now, and it, I definitely recognize it's a it's a privilege to make that kind of decision. Um, but we have decided just you know it's it's such an intimate uh, yeah thing that right. we're, we do. So I mean, close. we're literally rubbing people's faces and yeah, and are you know in an enclosed space for multiple hours. I mean, we do really long like two hour treatments, mm-hmm. and um, so. Yeah, um, we we talked about it, Shay and I. Shay um, is my uh, sort of right-hand esthetician, um, facialist, who is taking most of our clients now. She's amazing. But we talked about it and uh, just decided we were just going to hold off for a a month or two longer Mm -hmm. just to kind of let things settle. And because we are able to, you know, I know not everyone has has that ability to make that decision. Um, 
but because we are also selling products online and have yeah. that aspect of our business, it's not an imperative that we get back to work right away. Um, so we we're choosing to just chill for a minute. And interestingly enough, Shay had some family stuff come up that she needed to go deal with. So it was all sort of in alignment and, um, worked out for her to be able to take that space to help her family. And, but yeah, it's, I'm so, I've really been feeling for my, um, fellow facialists and all the people in the, you know, service industry these mm-hmm. last months. It's gnarly. Mm-hmm. It's like I, a year, man. Yeah. Yeah. How, how is this? I mean, is that, it's a loaded question I know, but how has this last year been for you? To be honest, I've been okay. Yeah. Uh, I feel like because already I'm so solitary Mm -hmm. and I have so many hobbies and projects that I love to work on that not leaving the house isn't really a big deal to me. Yeah. And I have clients that I work with online Mm -hmm. with graphic design. Yeah. So money comes through that channel Mm -hmm. when a job comes in where I have to be on set. Yeah. I'm not working as much as I did last year. Yeah. But it's okay. I'm I'm stretching out the money, so it's fine. Yeah. Like I'm not totally anxious about right. it. Yeah. Um I'm definitely not working as much as I did before, yeah. but I'm still working. Yeah. So, yeah. it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And do you feel like you feel okay because of just the logistics of your life or do you feel like there's been a lot of like your own spiritual practice that's come in to really ground you. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Without my spiritual practice, I think I would be a mess. Yeah. That uh, I, I look at other people in my life who don't have that, mm-hmm. where they're kind of floundering. Yeah. You know, they're, they're a little lost. They don't know what to do. Um, and I feel like for me, that's the most stable thing I have in my life is my spiritual practice. Yeah. So everything else just falls secondary. Yeah. And I have a knowing, I have a trust. I have this connection with this source to where I've been here before. I've been in worse situations yeah. and things have been fine. Yeah. Like, yes, we are in a universal global pandemic, but... I've also lived a very full life. If I die, yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, that's a that's a like a pretty great place to be. Yeah, like, just not so fear of deathy. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm at peace. <laughs> like I'm chill. I've done so much already. It's cool. Yeah, like yeah, I'll miss my dog. But... Yeah, oh, I'll take your dog. I'll take Please care give of your him dog. a good home. <laughs> Such a cutie. Yeah, that dog, that's a a converter dog. Like people who aren't dog people, that dog converts you. Mm, (laughs) I hope so. I've met a few people who aren't dog people. Yeah. I'm like, what is wrong with you? (laughs) Well, I'm, okay. You're not a dog person? I'm not like explicitly a dog person. Like I, I'm very much a cat person. Okay. I I fuck with dogs, but I don't, like, want a dog staring. Like, I get weirded <laughs> out by how much they're just, like, staring at you all the dog. More all, than all a cat? All the time. Yeah, cats are, like, are, like, oh, I'm fine. Just, like, pet me every once in a while and leave me alone. And, you know, I, I think I, um, dogs are, like, too codependent for me. Really? <laughs> oh, they are a bit needy. They need walks. They need to be yeah. fed twice a day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, but I, you know, I have had through relationships in my life, dogs come through and I'm like, okay, I get this. Like, 
it's it's just hard when you haven't had the time to like really go deep with a dog. You gotta uh, it's about the right dog, right? Yeah. It's like there are different kinds of dogs, that's for sure. Yeah, you need a Buddha dog. Yeah, yeah. I like I said, I need I need your dog. Yeah. <laughs> you need a Cody. <laughs> So what does your practice consist of now? And where do people find your products? Let's see. I would say, who? Or is it just life? Life it's, is I mean, your practice. It's, it is life, but I think it's, it's a mindfulness, you know? I, I guess that would be what I would call it. Uh, and I'm not like a perfect mindfulness practitioner by any means. But just noticing, knowing that emotions are information and not the truth of a certain situation like that revelation has been really helpful to me my practice is trust wait let let's back up let's dive deeper into that okay emotion is not truth it's just information yeah yeah i mean i think a lot of the time and i you know i've experienced this it's like you when i was younger for instance you have something happen and it triggers some sort of emotion in your and you act on that right away without allowing that to just sit and speak and have a conversation with that emotion rather than to be like taking it as the ultimate truth of the situation. I can't remember who said this, but I feel like I've heard that if you if you actually just feel into your emotion fully for like 30 seconds or something and fully feel into it. So if, if you're feeling angry, like just like rage scream for 30 seconds, it actually like Goes away. It goes away. <laughs> and you're like, oh. For me, it's like a big part of my spiritual practice is sleep. Uh-huh. I have to get the correct amount of sleep. And naps are like my superpower. Uh-huh. Like I can take a cat nap and wake up a completely different person. But part of that is because I feel like it gives me a rest from whatever emotion I'm feeling at that time that might be uncomfortable. A lot of my spiritual practice these days comes from uh, being in relationship with my partner and my um, closest friends and just practicing high regard for myself. I think that's been that's been a really big one for me, especially this last year. I feel like last year for, for me was a lot about boundaries and learning about how to take care of myself in that way. And then I also just go to my body a lot for clarity and so movement is really important to me i've actually started making sure that i just exercise 20 minutes a day rather than making it some big goal where i'm exercising an hour every day it's like 20 minutes you can do that always you can always do that unless you're like sick or something Uh but i'm grateful to say that i can always do that and that that's been a really it seems so simple, but it's like getting that energy and blood flow and chi flowing in my body is just, it brings so much clarity to my mental process and my, to my heart process about what it is that it really is, is important to me. And then connecting with, with the earth, with plants and, and making sure I'm in nature as often as I can. I take a walk every morning and yeah, it's, it's pretty simple. I think it's important to know that for anyone who doesn't feel that they have a spiritual practice or something, cause that, I feel like that word, the, that phrasing can almost seem intimidating if you're like, well, I'm just a normal person. I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like we're all normal people and it's just about figuring out how to be in relationship with yourself. And I also do that through my self-care with, with my, um, I mean, self-care to me is much more 
it is much grander than just, um, you know, bubble baths and skincare. But for me, skincare is a huge part of it. It's taking a moment to actually be in that relationship with myself, touching myself with care, anointing myself with something that I know is good for me. There's also such an intimate connection between the skin and the nervous system. Keeping my nervous system at a place where I can operate with high integrity, (laughs) you know? Can you talk a little bit more about that, the relationship between the two? Yeah, well, in utero, I don't know if you know this, but in your utero, the the skin and the nervous system forms from the same tissue. It's like the oh. one of the first thing that things that forms. And so there's a really in- intimate relationship between the two. When you touch yourself, when you massage yourself, when you paint something on your skin, especially when you're doing it with a, a vibrational in- intention, mm. um, you know, that what I mean by that is with thoughts and intentions because those things carry frequency that are healing to you, whether that's an, um, an affirmation or just because it feels good and you're enjoying the sensation. Um, that is a really, really direct message to your nervous system saying you're safe, you're loved, you can relax, you know, and in the world we live in, that's not the message we're often being fed. I mean, if you're anyone who watches the news ever, that's, that's not, (laughs) that's not what you're getting, you know? Yeah. Um, and so we, we have to really take responsibility for ourselves to find those places in our lives where we can retrain our nervous systems and, and take control of our, our well-being. And, you know, it's the same, any kind of self-care practice can do that, whether it's yoga or whether it's walking or breath work or, you know, whatever it is that just makes you feel good. But I particularly really love working with the skin because of that direct connection and because it also um, allows me to like use more than just my touch senses. It's, it's smell, it's texture, leaning into the joy of embodiment that I think is so precious. I mean, you mentioned like feeling like you've been here before and, you know, being okay with or just being I'm not okay with dying, but like, you know, being, being to at peace, content at peace. Yes. But at that same time, when you're having that, you're holding that in one hand and with the other hand you're holding, but oh my God, I'm in a body right now. Like we're in these weird space meat suits that we get to just like our soul gets to live in while we're here. And how do we tend to that? And how do we take care of that? And I don't think we always give as much. We don't always realize the power we have to um, transform our consciousness through the way we interact with our physical body. It's just really fun. feels good. If a client came to you and said, I'm breaking out over here. What products do I use? How do I use them with intention? What would you tell them? Well, specifically with people who are breaking out, I think, I mean, a there's, there's a whole lot of different factors that can be going, going on there. But the, the first thing to realize is that calming any kind of inflammation is the first step, right? So topically, we can do that with, um, I, one of my favorite things that I make is uh, called my immortal mushroom milk. So it has immortelle, which is also known as helichrysum. It's a wonderful healing uh, flower. 
um, that really helps to heal any kind of discoloration and, um, and redness in the skin. But also there are five different kinds of medicinal mushrooms that are incredible for taking down inflammation in the skin. And inflammation can show up as like a, a angry red breakout or it can show up as um, discoloration in the skin. So there are topical aspects that we deal with. And then there's also getting curious about what other kinds of inflammation inflammatories are existing in your life that aren't maybe directly skincare related. So it's like, what inflammatory relationships are you involving yourself in right now? And I don't, I don't always like, you know, Go I'm there. not a therapist, yeah. right? So I, I work within my scope of practice, but I do take note when people are and there's something that happens in the treatment room when people lie down it's for the same mm. reason that people, they lay people down for therapy, right? On the couch. It's like, people, things just come out, <laughs> you know, people share. And I love that. Um, and sometimes, sometimes that is a way to, to, for people to calm emotional inflammation or whatever's going on with them to just speak something out loud to someone who is listening and not even providing any any uh, feedback necessarily. But yeah, I think uh, journaling is an incredible way to help move some of that stuff that can be stuck, especially if you're noticing that you're breaking out a lot in your like throat jawline and like under here, like under the, under the chin area. It's like, that's all kind of throat chakra stuff that when there's some congestion there, you'll, you'll notice it and see it there. Mm. Yeah. And then of course there's internal factors to why someone might be experiencing any kind of skin condition so like taking an inventory of all the toxins that they might be ingesting from different things I mean our world unfortunately is rather toxic these days Mm -hmm. you have to be pretty pretty uh careful about making sure that you're not partaking in those in those things whether it's through your food and diet or substances you use or you know whatever it is alcohol is a big one I think that people don't realize really pours gasoline on the fires of inflammation (laughs) yeah yeah went down a little rambling path there are there common ailments that you see just in general with people I mean I think people's main concerns when it comes to their skin are just brightness like wanting Mm. to have really like even toned and bright skin you know a lot of it is like also just reestablishing our relationship with reality (laughs) as far as like accepting that oh aging Uh things like that you know it's like we I talk to my clients about that a lot because there's that that's a big problem right now in our culture where it's just like you're not allowed to have a a line or Mm. or a you know a spot here or there or whatever it's just very unrealistic to think that you're gonna have this porcelain perfect skin for your entire life Mm -hmm. so just yeah I think I think there's you kind of have to meet it in the middle. It's like, yes, you can work on being healthy and, you know, aging gracefully and celebrating that. Um, and then you also have to uh, work on your expectation of, of your body as it, you know, continues to grow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. How have you benefited from having a strong group of women around you? Oh, man. It's been such a gift to work with and on 
clients like these uh, amazing my clientele's amazing the women who come see me and men too I mean I I wouldn't just say or all genders I'll say that because <laughs> I, I have all the kinds of genders that come to see me but I think at a young young age I was really exposed to if we're talking about women specifically women being really real about me real with me about their experience at different life stages and getting to like learn not just from my own family but from friends and clients who have just gone through life and just hearing what they go through and just like getting to watch them rock it and like figure it out and just like get through it has been amazing and then there's also like my team who I work with here who's um just incredible I mean Marty who's a kind my production assistant she's 23 and just one of the most wise humans I've ever met in my life and I'm just like amazed by her humanity and (laughs) her wisdom and just like awareness and um yeah uh I think isn't it a trip it's a trip yeah when younger people you're like what the fuck I know if only I had as much um as much going on as you do yes like pretty wild um I have so much hope for the future for that reason. Mm -hmm. Like, I think kids these days, (laughs) kids these days are just like, so they're just so woke. Uh Like, damn, you guys have like got it figured out. Know which way they're going. But I've been hanging out a lot this quarantine with um, a two and a half year old. And it's just been like the best gift hanging out with just a kid that that young (laughs) even Mm -hmm. at that age they're just like so wise you know do you find yourself surrounded by mostly a certain gender a lot of women yeah a lot of women yeah Uh uh-huh I have a few close guy friends Mm -hmm. but the women in my life are they're my rock yeah yeah there is just this internal wisdom and compassion and knowing Mm -hmm. that women have the the intuition that we're born with yeah and is more accessible that I really appreciate uh, that I don't have to explain certain things because they understand yeah. and they they understand the multi-level faceted layers to whatever it is that I'm relaying. Yeah, totally, totally. There's just a strong intuition there. The yeah. unspoken language, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Although I will say, I, I don't know if it's just Ojai, but I feel like there's some really sweet dudes here. Mm, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's like some really um, compassionate and patient and like very loving men here who I know who mm. it's been a really nice thing to to witness and, and befriend and, you know. Yeah. It's cool. Um, but yeah, I think there's something to... Um, just the cycle that we are in on a monthly basis and just the there's magic in that you know there's a lot of magic in um in being so connected with that moon cycle and like uh, that kind of yin quality that quiet sort of non-action receptive knowing and um and understanding that you're speaking to which is a really it just feels really nice to be held in that. So when you have a really strong group of, of women around you, it's just like you're just held in this little nest of, of that yin quality. It's it's a really beautiful thing. Not everybody has that too. So yeah. that's, that's a really 
that's a really special thing that you have. Yeah, I mean, it was a conscious effort to build it yeah. throughout my life. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, it wasn't always there for sure. Yeah. But I seek them out. <laughs> totally. Yeah, totally. you know, strong woman, where are you? <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's a good, good thing to do. Mm-hmm. And with you and your fiance, yeah. Yeah. what does conscious coupling look like? Oh, man. <laughs> It's, you know, with Brendan, it's really been like a really easy relationship to cultivate that. And I mean, that feels like a miracle to me. I mean, it's so, um, what does that feel like? It's, it's, uh, patience I think is like one of the biggest ones, which he displays much more often than I do. But, um, I think there's just this deep, I guess it's unconditional love. I mean, it's just the sense that like, no matter what, I just want to understand. There's like an, mm. always an effort to understand uh-huh. the other person. And we don't really like fight, but we've had, of course, arguments and misunderstandings and disagreements. But, and I, I think I'm, a, I can be a little bit more fiery in the moment, but I'm always, he always blows me away. Cause I feel like whenever those moments that, you know, with, a partner who's not into relating in this way, it would like blow up into some mm-hmm. thing where, mm-hmm. you know, you take th- something personally and rather than just being like, Oh wow, I really didn't mean it that way. Let's work through this. You know, it, yeah, that's a, a real foundational aspect. I think of why we've been able to make it work and, and have a good relationship. And then I think also, um, was he raised that way? I don't, fully understand where it comes from. I mean, yes, like his mother's wonderful. Um, he would probably say that he always, he hasn't always been that way. Uh He's, he's 10 years older than me. And so he's got a little bit more like life experience and just like, I don't really want to be that 30 year old guy I was Uh anymore. Yeah. I think it definitely takes two people with that goal in mind. And, you know, we started our relationship with like a pledge of honesty where we were just like, no matter what, I pledge my truth to you and I will try to communicate my truth to you as much as I can figure it out at any given moment. And that is like, I swear the best thing you can do to start a relationship because if you don't have that, what do you really have? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like honesty is just such uh, for me at least like a pillar of, of relating. It's like, if you don't have that, And just, like, being able to share what's actually going on for you or, like, I'm not going to pretend this didn't hurt me. Like, I'm going to tell you that I that just actually really hurt my feelings or, you know, whatever it is. Being able to admit what actually is going on for you is a really big thing. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of couples probably get caught up in not wanting to admit what's really going on for them or wanting the other person to just guess or whatever it is and... You gotta communicate. Yeah. So that's a big part of it. Is that something that you've always excelled at is communicating? I'm lucky I've had some pretty like great relationships in my life. And I think it really clarified yeah, what I'm trying to think of actually what what really like cemented that in my mind. 
you know, for a while before I met Brendan, I, I was polyamorous. So like I wasn't really seeing anyone uh, for a very long time, but uh, I was dabbling in this idea of relating and, and having to have practice radical honesty because you're, you know, you're relating to more than one person at a time. And that was a big, big learning lesson for me. How like, was that? It was gnarly. It was amazing. Like it was like, it grew me so exponentially in such a short amount of time, just as far as really facing my ego and like really facing being able to be honest and really and have uncomfortable conversations and that sort of thing. But, um, so how does that work? <laughs> well, it works different. It works however you want it to work. Right. So it's like that. I mean, that was a big realization. It's like, wow, relationship can be whatever you mm. decide it is. Mm. And that was interesting. Yeah. And at the time I, I was, I just had two relationships that, that were coexisting. Like full time. on relationships? I mean, yeah, I, I guess I would full on. I mean, I, I hadn't been with them for a super long time. So it wasn't like, you know, the kind of depth of relationship that I would have with someone that I was with for years at a yeah. time. Um, so it was more like the beginning stages of relationship for several months that, um, and it was, you know, it, it, there were so many challenges and uncomfortable moments and like moments of jealousy and moments of like on both ends. And it's certainly a way to face all your, all your shit. Fears. <laughs> yeah. like, like really, and really quickly, you've, it sounds like never dabbled in that style of relating before. No, it wouldn't work for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ultimately it's not what I want either, but it was an interesting experiment. And, um, so going into it, would you have the conversation of I'm polyamorous? Do you mm -hmm. want to be polyamorous? And then they say yes. And then you're in it. And then he knows that you have another relationship and you know, he's in another relationship mm -hmm. and that's it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. And you know, when I met Brendan, I was in, in those relationships. Uh, and so he was number three. He, yeah. And he was like, I don't know about this. And I was like, I was living, I was living my life. Um, and he, he was like, he actually, I think, I think what he said to me was, um, I'll see how it goes. I can't, he's like, I'm not sure that it, this is for me and I can't promise that I won't fall in love with you, but We'll see. We'll see what happens. And I was like, okay. And then after, you know, after about a month of us seeing each other, he was like, yeah, no, that's not going to work for me. <laughs> and, um, but I told him, but you know, what was really wonderful is he was like, I totally get if that's your path. Yeah. And that's awesome. And you should do that. But like, I would really just love to be in partnership with you. And if that's something that you would be interested in, like, I, would be stoked and uh -huh. like let's let's do that and I was like damn it feels really good to like ex like after what I had you know been through which wasn't like a traumatic thing or anything yeah but yeah. it was like you know what it actually it's just another way to explore relationship is through devotion mm -hmm. like and I really like that mm -hmm. devotion is just like that to me feels like so so good when mm -hmm. you find find someone who is willing to be devoted to you and you're like I want to be devoted to you yeah. and then we get to like create something together it's the depth you can go deep yeah yeah, yeah. and um and you feel I mean ultimately what polyamory teaches you is like you have to be devoted to yourself and you're oh, you know see. you're you have to find that depth within you to like 
to really be able to um, weather the storm of your emotions, right? Um, like we were talking about and, and sit with those things. And yeah, it's an interesting, I, I wouldn't not recommend it. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah. I get its purpose yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, my mom teases me because she's like, you know, we used to just call that dating. <laughs> <laughs> that's true too. I'm like, okay, that's fair. The difference is just a little bit more like, you know, transparency, I guess. So you had two boyfriends at the same time, basically, right? You're in deep with both of them? I did. Yeah. 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 So I guess that's a little different than dating. Yeah. Yeah, right? totally. Like, yeah, it was it was more intimate than just like a, a like a we've been on a couple dates sort of thing. Were you ever confused? Like, who said what? <laughs> you know, there is a lot to keep track of. I Sometimes I look back on it and I'm like, how the fuck? I can barely manage Last one week. relationship <laughs> and a business and like a, right. you know, my friendships. Right. And like, I mean, I feel like that's a huge thing that I've learned this last year is it's like, how the fuck was I... Uh-huh. doing all the things uh-huh. that I was doing. I mean, I think a lot of people have had that experience. We're just like, what? That is not... Spreading yourself so thin. Yeah, yeah, like we we really need to all reel it in and just like, well, I think we'll be a lot more, just a lot happier mm. when we just, just conserve our energy a little bit more and not, um, yeah, not be throwing it every which way. Mm-hmm. But... People fell away for me. They just fell off without me even trying. Yeah, yeah. So that was nice. Yeah. Was like, oh, I didn't even have to do that. Right, and right. I made the space. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you really realize who you want to maintain that core, really deep connection with. And, you know, it's not like those other people I, like, don't want in my life right. at all. But you're just like, okay, the, like, how much space do I really have to, like, maintain? Like, relationships require a lot. Mm-hmm. and. It's it's kind of bonkers to think back at certain points in my life, and I was like, "How did I have like twenty friends uh-huh. that I would see all see on a regular basis? Like that just doesn't make sense to me." Anymore. Uh-huh. Are you in a relationship yourself? No, I'm not. Oh man, you're you're a catch. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't found the right guy yet. <laughs> are you are you uh, have you done any like dating during the quarantine? Yeah, that's nope. hard. That's I'm not interested. <laughs> heard from some friends that it's tricky. I mean, if he came with a letter of recommendation mm-hmm. <laughs> from someone that I know, I yeah. would. Yeah. But for a random, I don't have it in me to oh, yeah. to make time. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have? Um, is that something that you're wanting? Like, have you written that one in your in your manifestation journal? I have not. Oh. <laughs> Okay. It hasn't been my main focus yeah, this past yeah, year, sure. yeah. but uh, I'm open to it, yeah. obviously. If yeah. you have someone you want to throw my okay. way. Okay. Let me think about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, it, the, the crop from what I'm even looking at in LA is so slim. Yeah. It's different there. LA is weird. Yeah. The guys there, their values are so fucked. I mean, a lot of the girls, too. That fame disease. Oh, is, it's, it's... It's real. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah. That's a weird, that's a weird insidious, like, creepy vibe. That, yeah. Yeah. And it, the personalities are so dull. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what do you like? What are you passionate about? What do you do with your time? It's... 
it's they're just like this lost connection when I talk to them. Mm. So I kind of gave up. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> to be completely honest. <laughs> yeah. And I I mean, I think it's like you always um I think that the easiest time and place to call in the right person for you is when you've actually like are like super good with not when you're autonomous and you're not like operating from a place of codependency where you're like I need somebody to complete my life it's like when you're just like chilling and doing your thing like that's when the right person shows up when when you want it to yeah so yeah I put so much effort into building my life exactly how I want it to be that Mm. I'm really nervous on having the right person yeah to come into that space yeah what would what would your big like what's your fear around that that they'll just like Fuck it all up. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because my last two relationships, I made a very poor, I made poor decisions. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that again. Yeah. Where they came in just like. (laughs) Right. You know. Kind of just like a, like a little tornado. Yeah. 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 You need someone respectful of your space and your. Stable. Stable. Yeah. I mean, that's basic though, right? (laughs) (laughs) I think you can call in something a little bit. A little bit more specific than that. Yeah. Yeah. That's next. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. A man. Uh-huh. Totally. Yeah. I, I love talking to, um, like, friends and women I meet when they're just, like, when that's not their main focus in life, it's, like, really refreshing, you know, mm. to just meet people who are just, like, yeah, like, I'll do that when I do that. But mm. right now, I'm just, like, there's a whole lot more to life than just, like, finding someone that you want to be with yeah yeah I got me right exactly (laughs) it's like I'm just gonna like be in this relationship with myself it's pretty amazing to date yourself sometimes and even that I don't feel like I have enough time because I have to sleep for eight hours right (laughs) (laughs) I know I feel that way too I'm like I don't have time to rub all the potions I want to rub (laughs) on my body every night because I have to like to work and sleep and Yeah. yeah Yeah. Where do you get all your ingredients? Um, I have suppliers that I, so yes. So I, um, all over the place is the short answer to that. But, um, I source from really wonderful, um, small farms that are up in Oregon and Mm. Washington, um, grows a a lot of our stuff comes from up there. Mm. Um, our shea butter comes from a women's co-op in Africa we uh, are starting to distill some of our own essential oils and hydrosols Ooh, here, fun. which is, that's like kind of my new project that I'm starting to work on. I'm, I'm, I'm new to that level of, um, alchemy. Yeah. Um, so right now it's just more exploratory, but eventually I'm really excited about, um, the idea of offering seasonal products based on what's growing around Mm. here and what's good for your skin in the season Mm -hmm. using herbs from that season or from the previous season i i really try to source things from the places on earth where they're really thriving um and that's been a fun experiment to um and just process of creating relationships with different sources for these things but uh, my my products aren't based in by in one ingredient, you know, like some lines are like, this is an olive oil line. This is, I use all kinds of different, um, oils and herbs in, in everything. So it comes from a lot of different places. Mm. And how do you find the vendors if they're all around the world? Well, 
I, I honestly, I don't know how it all could. This one person leads yeah, you to the it's next just, kind it's of thing. It's that kind of like rabbit trail yeah. thing, you know, where you're yeah. just like, oh, I find out about this aromatherapist who, you know, curates these um, essential oils from this part of the world and um, and these oils from this part of the world. And uh, yeah, it's I'm, I'm lucky to to have found some like key sources that um mm. that are uh really wonderful and bring oh like curate amazing collections of things for me to sample and play with mm-hmm. yeah i love essential oils yeah yeah they're powerful yeah yeah people don't realize often how powerful they are have you heard of banyan botanicals i feel like i have they're a they're an essential oil line correct I, I don't know if they have essential oils, but they have Ayurvedic they, products. Yes, that's uh, yes. I have I I have an Ayurvedic practitioner friend who uses oh, their stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They have the. Do you know? Are you familiar with Shrodaha? No. It's a treatment where you lay down. Oh, Shiradara. Oh, Shiradara. Yeah, yes, yes mm-hmm. that one. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I love it so. Much. That is a meditation. Whoa. Yeah. That's... Back to the womb yeah. meditation. Yeah, that is <laughs> that is really wild. I had that once, and I just like completely it's when they are dripping the oil on your third eye right and it's warm and then it goes to your scalp and it falls with gravity to the ground yeah for an hour yeah (laughs) i know when you say when and when it's what was first described to me i was like i wonder if i could i wonder if i'd like freak out you Uh know like there's part of me that was like would i be able to handle like oil dripping in one spot for an hour and it's like it's just the deepest meditation. It's so cool. It's so cosmic. Yeah. It's wild. I've never experienced One that. One thing I've found, um, I, I don't offer this, and I'm not an Ayurvedic practitioner, but I'm, I know some practitioners who do this. I've been wanting to do this. But have you seen the, the I think Poppion someday does this, um, the ghee eye baths. Oh, have I haven't. That? No, what is that? Okay, so they, they make a dough. Um, that they then create like a circle of this dough around your eye. So imagine that there's like a little pool okay. that, that, and they, they pour in over your open eye, this like just lukewarm ghee, which oh, is clarified yeah. butter. And you like look around. So you're basically your, your eye is in this bath of ghee uh-huh. and you look around and it like draws all of the like gunk and oh. like dust and all these dust particles and stuff out of your eye and moisturizes your whole orbital area wow and apparently it it can be like pretty you know metaphysical too where you just like come out of it with like really clear vision yeah a clear vision just like in the in the grandest sense of it I've really been wanting to try that. Who does that? I would love to do that. So I know of a practitioner. Oh my God. I'm not going to be able to think of her name right now. It's driving me crazy. Based um, in Ojai? No, I don't know anyone in Ojai who does it. <clears throat> I know, uh, I've heard Poppy and Someday does it, I think. Um, Who's that? She has a line. Um, I think she's in Topanga Canyon. Oh. Uh, she has a, a space... Um, that she does treatments. Oh, really? Um, I, I'm not going to be able to think of this other woman's name. Um, oh, Joan Dakini is this woman I've been following on Instagram who does all kinds of wonderful treatments like oh. that. But she, she posts about it a lot. And I'm like, this is the most... 
I don't know why I'm so drawn. I must need it. Oh, <laughs> if yeah. I'm so drawn to it, I'm like, my eyes. <laughs> Cleaning. Oh my God. When I was in India, these treatments were four or five dollars. Wow. And was it like, did you feel like it was a good environment? Yeah. To use? Yes. It was a real deal. Wow. But wow. here, it's like, what, 200? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just a little higher cost of, cost of living. That's a dream yeah. of me to. For me to go to Kerala and study Ayurveda for six months. Oh, I would wow. love to do that. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Like you are, I mean, that excitement, right? It's uh-huh. like that's such a good thing to follow when mm-hmm. you feel that and you have the space in your life to follow it. Mm-hmm. What are your dreams? What else do you want to do? How do you see the rest of this year, next year? Ooh, that's a big question. I am so excited to just be sharing my product line in the world more figuring out the best ways to do that um how are you doing it now well i i sell my products online Uh so that's where people can find me and um in order products earthonics um earthonicskincare.com i'm i have some like i don't know if i'm ready to say them out loud but i have some like big big next next step kind of levels level up in my career aspirations um and really that involves bringing my message forward and empowering other um other people to to learn from connecting with their skin the way I have Mm -hmm. um and the way I like to to share with my clients so yeah and I also feel um recently a real impulse to support other practitioners in treating the skin with as much care and holistic uh mindset as I think is as I have been I guess I should say uh there's a whole wave of facialists and practitioners who are really wanting to work more holistically and um naturally with the skin and I'm just like really wanting to support those people so there's that does that mean teaching I'm not sure what it means right now. I'm I'm thinking about offering, uh, like assembling some sort of training program. Cool. Um, or with a faculty, you know, not just me, because I I have my life experience, but there are so many people who have greater depth of knowledge than I do as far as different modalities and things like that. I also just have a real interest in um, regenerative ag- agriculture. So that's something I want to weave into my life more and more. We have some, like, you know, we've really gotten into gardening this year, Brendan and I, and have our garden beds. And I'd love to start growing some things and distilling mm. some things and um, and just returning to a more playful uh, relationship with my form- formulation practice, um, which started as a really playful, like, oh, I'm going to try this and this and this. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, as you get more into a, a business mindset you have less time for the play yeah um but I'd really like to make a lot of room for for that kind of play and experimentation and creativity this year and yeah and then I'm also just really motivated to uh support the we partner our, our company is partnered with Trees for the Future have you heard of this uh okay so Trees for the Future is an incredible nonprofit that um works in sub-Saharan Africa mostly, but all over the world. And what they do is they help farmers who have land that's been damaged by monocrop practices, Mm, uh you know, right? So like agriculture practices that do not value the nutritional quality of the soil. So they might plant 
one soybean crop year after year after year and then the soil is depleted. If you've seen movies like, um, what's the one that just came out about permaculture? Um, Kiss the Ground. Like, I haven't seen that. Oh, ooh, watch that. It's okay. so good. Um, but that will explain like the, the mindset and the, the, um, the idea behind uh, this kind of farming practice permaculture, which is um, a way of uh, working with the land and with planting multiple crops and essentially planting a food forest so that these people can, it starts with planting a perimeter of trees around their property that create shade. And then they're able to plant a variety of um, vegetables and fruits and all these things that they can then bring to market. And um, it heals the soil, which, um, you know, of course is really important in healing our planet because that soil captures uh, excess carbon in the atmosphere and, and brings it back into the earth rather than having it floating around in space in, in our atmosphere. Um, so basically what Trees for the Future does is they, they sponsor what they call forest garden farmers. So they give them all the money they need to, to get the equipment and the trees and the seeds and everything going Amazing. on their land and it just Love completely it. transforms lives and the planet at the same time so it's a really beautiful i on my website there's a whole video page on it mm. and uh, you can learn a little bit more about it there but that's great it's so awesome so we donate a proceed of uh, or a portion of our profits to um trees for the future and i just it it's really dear to my heart and I think mm. it's a wonderful vision that this this nonprofit has and it's changing a lot of lives. So it's cool. Yeah. I don't understand why someone would do a monocrop when they know the soil gets depleted in five to ten years. Why would one not think of the future that way when it's acres of land? Yeah, it's 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 a hard thing. It's I mean, I know that in America it's um subsidized to plant certain crops. So people just can't make the switch because they're like, "Okay, well, if I make that leap to doing a um, you know, a permaculture farm, I won't get the subsidies from planting corn." Mm. So I have to just like bridge that gap for a few years until this is profitable. And that's a really hard thing to ask of someone who's maybe financially struggling already yeah. so it's like people who are really backed into a corner uh, um but you know it would be wonderful if our government could offer subsidies for people who are making that switch yeah you know? it's like that and feeding their country right yeah. right and like transforming the land back to something that's like fertile yeah <laughs> you know because what happens when it's not it's just there no, it's just dead. cattle. It's just perhaps? like a dust field. I mean, you can't even really have cattle on it because one of the cattle are they going to eat? eat right? Yeah, true. It's like, yeah. So, watch Kiss the Ground. You'll I will. It's so cool. It's, it really explains it well. And you know, it's a lot of what indigenous people have how they've been working with the land for hundreds and hundreds of years. It's mm. like we gotta just listen, mm. <laughs> listen to the people who know. Yeah. 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 Do you have a background with indigenous people and studying or no, no? just a reverence, mm. you know, just a, just a real reverence. And, um, yeah, I mean, Ojai is, such, it is on Chumash land, so Native American land. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, I think it's just really important to pay attention to what they're saying right now. I mean, it's, it's truth, you know, we gotta like, we gotta 
respect the water and, and allow it to flow and we have to heal the land and, and be in relationship with the land, you know. I won't try to try to paraphrase um <laughs> any any anyone in particular, but um yeah, I think it's we have a lot to learn from those cultures. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. they have all the answers. They really do. Yeah. I mean they were living in a pretty symbiotic relationship with their environment for many, many years. Mm-hmm. So are there any Native Americans still around in this neighborhood? Is there oh, I don't know about reservation this, or no? oh I, you know I don't think there there's definitely um native people who live in Ojai. Um, but uh as far as there being like I don't think there's a they just live in the community uh, with with us I think you know um, as far as I know, that's something that I guess I don't really know the answer to that mm. yeah. Hmm. Well, thank you, Darren. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. I haven't like spoken this much in like a whole year. Oh my god, I know it takes some getting used to. When I first did it, I was like, oh my throat, I know, I'm so I thirsty. Like, <laughs> had some rambling moments, but I think I did all right. Yeah, it was great. Very informative. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Best of luck with all of this. I love it. Thanks. Yeah. So nice to make a new friend. Yes. Totally, totally. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to have you in my circle. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to give you three things to take home. These are three of my favorites. So the first thing is my honey and bamboo facial scrub, which is also a mask. And I, I call this my facial in a jar because it's um, what we do is we take raw honey and we infuse the honey with all kinds of uh, really brightening herbs for the skin. So chaga mushroom, wild yam, uh, rose geranium. And... Uh, there's these little tiny, perfectly spherical beads in it, which is actually crushed bamboo, which is really high in silica. So it helps to condition the skin as it exfoliates. So you can, um, massage it in like a scrub. Um, it's pretty concentrated. So you'll mix it with a little bit of water in your hand, massage it in, then you can let it sit for, you know, 10, 15 minutes, um, as long as you like. And then rinse it away and it's like leaves your skin so soft. It's mm. really yummy. How is our yam in there? Um, it's an herbal extract. So oh. I extract the yam and then and then the extract goes into the product. Oh. Um, and then wow. uh, I have the botanical toning mist here. I'm going to mist you while I'm telling you about this. Um, so this is a blend of hydrosols. Can I mist you? This is uh, rose, mm. tulsi, and orange blossom. Ooh. And that's steeped with oh. a couple herbs, too, that are really great for brightening the skin. Um, and then thirdly, I have my immortal mushroom milk, which I told oh, you about yeah. a little earlier. And that is made with five different medicinal mushrooms. It's a really lightweight, um, but super hydrating, milky kind of moisturizer serum. And um, it's wonderful for healing any kind of inflammation. So it helps even skin tone. It calms any kinds of breakouts and really just helps to plump and firm the skin. It's, it's, these are probably my, if I had to choose favorites, it's kind of like choosing your favorite child. It's a little difficult <laughs> to do, but I would whisper to someone that these are my favorite children, maybe. But, Yay. Um, yeah, Thank you so, so much. You're so welcome. I hope you enjoy. Let me know how you like it. Yay.